Welcome to Team Luke for Minds Podcast. On this show, our mission is to help families just like yours. We'll bring you inspiring stories from brain injury survivors, advice from health professionals, and much more to help make the recovery journey a little easier. If you or anyone you know has a, suffered from a brain injury, this show is for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the Team Luke from Minds podcast. I'm Jared Samuels. And I'm Austin Morgan. And today we have Jason Jennings, who is, works in the prosthetic and orthotic industry and uh, is an expert in that field. So my first question is, how did you get into that industry? Well, it's kind of a unique industry, you know, and most people have never heard of it. Um, so when I was in seventh grade, I broke my collarbone, separated my shoulder, and I ended up on a weekend uh, in a gentleman's office by the name of Barry Townsend. And he ended up making me a custom sling for my arm. And at that time, um, my mom says, that's kind of an interesting profession. I've never really heard of it. And fast forward a few years later, I actually ended up working for him after my first year in college. And he helped me to um, submit my applications to orthotic and prosthetic school. And luckily, I got in. Nice. So where did you go to school? So I went to school at Cal State Dominguez Hills. It's uh, basically Long Beach, California. Um, and they had a prosthetic and orthotic school there. Um, and we were also associated with the Rancho Los Amigos hospital in Downey. And so, um, what does, what does that study look like? So are you studying? So it's basically a study of anatomy, physiology, design, materials, um, biomechanics, uh, kinematics, kinetics. It's a combination of a lot of different things. And, you know, I try to tell people there's a little bit of art involved with it. Um, you know, and in our industry, the, the science that's out there may not be exactly what we want it to be. We'd like to advance the research in our industry. Um, I've tried to advance the research in our industry by uh, working with physical therapists and actually having a publication on uh, a specific type of AFO that we worked with with chronic stroke patients. And uh, I think there's some exciting things that are coming and um, really look forward to kind of sharing that experience with you guys. Um. Is there, so besides that, is there any other specific area that you focus on? Uh, my, my focus is the lower extremity, whether it's orthotics or prosthetics. I am a, a, a certified clinician to do other uh, portions of the body, but that's really where my interest lies is in walking. And so, you know, that's where I've chosen to practice. And how many years have you been doing this? I've got about 25 years experience in the field probably 23 of those clinical yeah. so can you take us through like let's say you have a stroke patient or a tbi patient who has difficulty walking can you take us through the process of you know getting them the correct prosthetic sure so the first thing that i always tell people is there is no perfect brace that being said let's try to figure out what we can do for you to help you and maximize your outcome the first thing that I tell people after that is that this has to be a team effort. It has to be a decision that's made between the patient, the physician, myself, family members, therapists, because if we don't all have the same goal, my brace will fail. Okay. Once we determine what that is that we want to accomplish, then the process would be working with the physicians and therapists to get the right documentation, coming to my office, taking an impression, and then I start the design process. Uh, depending on what we're making, it could take a week, it could take a few months. And 
depending on um, the type of brace and the type of outcome you're looking for, that sometimes stems the, the amount of time that it takes to design the product. Um, once the, the product is designed, uh, then typically I'm going to work with the patient and the physical therapist and the family in the therapy setting um, to try and maximize that outcome, whatever that was that we predetermined. So um, it seems like you know a lot about prosthetics and orthotics. Uh, do you have any publications? Are you uh, involved in any special groups or... I, I have published three papers. Um, the paper that um, would correlate with this group is um, uh, a study that we did at TIER in Houston. Um, and I worked with a couple of PhD physical therapy um, folks. And the title of the, of the paper is An Advanced Ground Reaction Design ankle foot orthosis to improve gait and balance in individuals with post-stroke hemiparesis, a case series. And the interesting thing that I, I think we found is we were able to show that in some chronic stroke patients, we were able to change their gait pattern and their gait speed. Some of them almost tripled their gait speed with a different kind of brace than what's traditionally used in, in, in current practice. So can you talk about, so gait speed would be how fast you're walking, right? Correct. And gait pattern, is that just how your, your legs move in a certain direction? Or? So, yeah. So the way I look at it is the optimum would be normal gait. And most of the patients that we deal with don't have normal gait. And so uh, my goal is to try to, to create some type of a device that, that moves the patient towards the ultimate goal, which is normal. Um, and by assessing the patient and looking at skeletal alignments and muscle strengths and static standing postures and then dynamic movement patterns, um, those are the things that we're trying to affect with the device that we create. And so depending on how that's done, there's more or less things we can affect. And so are you... So you're looking at, like, how do you determine what the, the perfect walking is for a certain individual? So you just look at, like, this is a typical 5'8 person and how they walk, 5'8 certain weight, and then just transfer yeah, so, that over? So typically what I'm looking for is movement patterns in three dimensions. Um, so we try that, we call that triplanar management. And, um, so, so not only are we looking at, okay, does a person have a foot drop? We're also looking at how does the limb rotate when weight is put on it? How does the, the limb stabilize? Is it high, is like, for example, your knee hyperextended because you have weak quads and weak calf muscles, or is your knee flexed because that's the pattern that you chose? And so now you're over firing your quads, which is inefficient. And those are some of the things that we can actually affect with the brace if you catch them and you design the, design the brace to do that so it's designed to are you thinking of all at all in terms of increasing the strength through the brace or is the brace there to just compensate for that lack of strength i think of it in two ways number one um there's a there's a uh, an understanding out that that folks have that just because I put a brace around your leg, that the muscles don't work within within the brace. And I don't think that that's accurate. Second of all, I think that to appropriately brace somebody, the brace has to be stiff enough or strong enough to support body weight and replace the muscle weakness. Okay. And if you don't replace that muscle weakness, then you have to compensate and compensations always have a price, typically energy expenditure, um, progressive joint damage, 
uh, and things like that. And so not only as an orthotist am I looking to make them as functional as I can in the current state, but I'm also looking to try and prevent future deformities by being able to predict what will happen based on the current patterning. Hmm. So I know you kind of mentioned this earlier, but um, you said you're mainly just focused on the legs. Um, however, you said your uh, experiences, um, you had a collarbone, right? Correct. Um, so why, why the, like, why are you not upper body? Like, why is it lower? It just, once I started school, I really got interested in walking. Um, and I think for me, the lower extremity is more challenging because the devices are weight bearing. You don't bear weight on your arms. Yes, you have to try to, you know, manipulate objects and lift things. But it, but the challenge, I think, for what I do is to create a device that withstands the forces that the human body puts through it to try to correct skeletal alignments in all three dimensions and full weight bearing and then restore function. And to me, walking, if you can't walk, it's really hard to to be functional. And, you know, one of the things that we deal with is people will walk from point A to point B at any cost because they don't want to be in a wheelchair. And so depending on how you look at bracing, some folks say, well, I don't need a brace to walk. Well, yes, that might be true. But if you look at the pattern that you're walking in currently, what is going to going to happen 10 years from now. And that's where I talk about trying to prevent future deformity. I can look at a leg with full weight bearing on it and really predict, okay, you're going to have ligament laxity here, or you're going to have ligament laxity there based on the current patterning. But if we were to brace in a little bit different way now, we could probably prevent that in the future. So we're looking at preventing surgeries. We're looking at, you know, improving gait patterns. We're looking at, you know, reducing energy costs and all of those types of things. Um, so what do you think is new in, in, in your world, in your field? I think some of the things that I'm doing that are new, uh, is what I would call dynamic bracing and, and, and people are going to say, well, there's lots of different dynamic bracing and yes. And really what does the word dynamic means? I think it means motion. Uh, when I think of dynamic bracing, I think of spring mechanisms and, um, energy return, similar to like what a prosthetic foot would be. Um, just because there's motion doesn't mean that it's good motion, but I think as we start to try and design triplanar management, dynamic response orthoses, we're looking at skeletal alignments, more normal movement patterns, and then actually adding energy back into the system of the patient walking. All right. So can you explain that a little bit more just in terms of the spring loading and so one of the things about the carbon braces that we're using now is the spring is static, meaning it's not powered. So if you look at a normal human joint, it's powered, meaning there's a muscle on one side that pushes the extremity one way, and there's a muscle on the other side that pulls the extremity the opposite way. Springs don't do that. They have a static state, and then when you load them, they push one way, and if you're able to load them in two directions, they'll push or pull in either direction. And so that's what we're doing. For example, when you're walking, your anterior tibialis muscle dorsiflexes your foot. Well, we can create a spring mechanism that dorsiflexes your foot because it's, it, it flexes in, in that direction and then it rebounds back to the static state. Conversely, we can also create the same spring mechanism to replace the calf muscle on the opposite side of the joint. So as you load that spring in the opposite direction, it pushes back just like the calf muscle would be contracting. And so that, that to me is more of a dynamic response type of brace. Hmm. 
So I'm going to bring up a little personal thing. So I've actually been to your office before and um, using my walk. Um, would um, wearing the brace um, affect Because I like to lift the weights. And I look, like this morning I went and did squats. Um, would it... Would that affect my weightlifting abilities at all? Or, Well, I think if you remember in the beginning, I said there's no perfect brace. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things with um, some of the more stiff dynamic braces is the range of motion at the ankle is limited to what a normal range of motion would be during walking. And it's it's not as much as going from a sitting to a standing position. It's not as much as you would typically use in doing a squat. So so that brace may not be the right brace for that activity. So I hate to say it, but you almost need activity specific braces. Wow. And so could I like just walk into the gym, wear it, and then take it off when I go work out? Or sure, depends on how much you know you're willing to to deal with having the brace on at the right time and having the brace on at the wrong time and having to take it off. So I think for your walking activities, um, you know, whether you're walking on a treadmill or whether you're doing um, ellipticals or whether you're doing you you know bicycles or things like that, where you can actually bend your knee freely, but you can use the stiffness of the brace to replace plantar flexor strength, or or if you need it for dorsiflexor strength, then that's going to be a functional brace for those activities. If you have to squat down, the brace doesn't bend far enough. You may want to take the brace off to do those activities. But either way, you're going to be doing it in a compensated way because the brace is going to make you compensate. On one hand, and your muscle weakness is going to make you compensate on the other. Um, so in terms of, I'm just curious, have you had any patients that uh, over time were able to remove the brace? Or is it more, you know, in these situations, more permanent? Yeah, I think one of the things that's interesting about um, trying to brace and replace true muscle strength is that what we had talked about earlier is that the muscles still fire even though the brace is around your leg. And I think if you can get the body to move through space in a more normal pattern, that your brain is telling the right muscles to fire at the right moment in time with the right timing, whether whether or not that's a functional strength or not, or not. As long as the brace supports the, the skeletal structure of the body, the brain can be firing that muscle and firing that muscle. And yes, I've seen muscles get stronger wearing a brace. And I've actually seen patients that can take the brace off for short periods of time and they can do okay without the brace. And I think one of the things that allows that to happen is when you stand in a compensated posture, you turn on a lot of muscles that aren't meant to be turned on and you burn a lot of energy. When you get into an appropriate brace, the brace allows muscles to turn off because our muscles are only meant to work really fast and do their job and then turn off and recover. And I think that's the magic word is the recovery stage of those muscles in between the periods when they're supposed to be active. And when you have a weak muscle that's able to be fired by the brain and recover and be fired by the brain and recover, I think it has the potential to get stronger. Does it build up over time? Correct. Sort of like a, like a, very, a different version of exercising, right? So that's a- what you're doing. Absolutely. You're yeah. exercising within the brace and Hopefully you're, you're walking in a more normal pattern. So, so you're doing two things. You're strengthening your muscles, but you're also improving, you know, the, the timing of your gait cycle. Um, you don't want to talk about, you know, neuroplastic changes. Why not walk in a more normal pattern so that as the neuroplasticity occurs, the, the patterning is more appropriate than in a compensated posture. 
So for um, all the patients out there that are dealing with spasticity, what do you have to say about like prosthetics for that? Spasticity is probably one of the biggest challenges that we have. Uh, I think that trying to position joints in neutral alignments can help minimize spasticity. I don't think it's going to reduce it. I think when joints are out of alignment, that spasticity increases. I also think that um, when the muscle is overtasked, it becomes spastic. And so I think when you're able to support things in, in more normal alignments, you may see you know, a reduction in spasticity. One of the things that I've noticed when you build a brace and you allow somebody to stand with true static standing balance and normal posture, for example, with hemiparesis, a lot of times the arm is contracted up into elbow flexion and I've actually seen people's elbow relax. And I think it's because they are able to relax and feel safe and balanced. So um, what is the most rewarding part for you of, of doing this most rewarding part is helping people that's why i got into this industry is to help people and i've always had the the thought process that is if i do the best thing that i can for every patient that i see then you know my business will be successful and that's kind of the way i've approached it my entire career mm-hmm. do you have any just for our audience like any really big i'm sure a lot of all your patients are success stories but like any really ones that just stand out to you I, I think every patient is a success story. Um, but yes, I do have one young man that I would consider one of my, my best outcomes and my best work. Um, he happens to be a, a polio survivor, one of, I think, four children in the U.S. to get the polio virus from the live vaccine. And um, if you were to watch him walk, he's almost completely paralyzed from the hip down. He has a little bit of quadriceps muscle. And uh, we've actually got him running in a dynamic triplanar management orthosis. He was braced traditionally until I think his sophomore year in high school. And once we were able to get him aligned and build a brace that's uh, strong enough to not break, that he actually started playing basketball. And by the time he was uh, a senior, he started on his senior uh, high school basketball team as a center. Um after that, he attended Texas A&M University and uh, graduated, and now he's an entrepreneur and owns his own small business. So that's wow. just one way, you know, one time out of many that I've hopefully been able to, to change lives. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, so how would people, like, get in touch with you? Like, how do you? Uh, right now, the easiest way to get in touch with me would be through email. Uh, my email address is jason.jennings at axis a-x-i-s-o the word and the letter p.com i also have a facebook page axis orthotics and prosthetics you can find me there uh can you just spell out your email just for if anyone's interested in that don't mess it up sure it's j-a-s-o-n period j-e-n-n-i-n-g-s at a X I S O A N D P dot com. And I'm more than happy to take a, a text or a phone call on my cell phone as well. 713-397-9558. And I really want to thank you guys for allowing me to come and visit with you today. It's a, it's an honor to be asked. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, there's a question we end with 
uh, on each one. And it's, what are your tips for someone, either, you know, someone going through a stroke or a TBI or someone, you know, a family member of someone who's going through that? If I had to give somebody tips, you know, basically I would tell them to, you know, work with the healthcare team, but don't be satisfied. Um, you know, getting, getting various opinions from different professionals, you're going to get different answers. Um, based on the questions that you ask. And, you know, I think, for example, if you come and ask me what would be the best brace I can make you for this situation, because of the tangent that I went off on 10 years ago doing dynamic bracing solutions, I'm probably going to give you a different answer than somebody that doesn't have that experience. And so, you know, a lot of people that, that end up coming to my practice have been through a variety of other things and they've found the the literature or the the videos on youtube and and they just end up finding me great awesome anything else i think so awesome well thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate Absolutely. it it's my pleasure <laughs> thank you for listening to team luke hope for minds podcast if you want to learn more check out our website team luke hope for minds.org or follow us on facebook instagram or twitter See y'all next time.